the Business Simplicity Podcast, where leaders share their most successful strategies and the failures that inspired them, so business owners and managers can avoid the suffering and reap the benefits. With your host, With your host Chris Parker. And welcome to the Business Simplicity Podcast. I'm Chris Parker, and this is episode 140. It is a delightfully special episode because I'm having a conversation again with Christian Kaniga. And Christian, in addition to being a award-winning director, um, is also the co-conspirator on this podcast. And so we felt it was particularly appropriate to start the new format, the new direction with the conversation between the two of us. So uh, welcome, everyone, and welcome, Christian. Uh, I'd love it if you could kick us off with sharing in the briefest way possible. What is it that you do, Christian? <laughs> what is it that I do? I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. That's the, the, the briefest version is I'm a filmmaker. I love making films. Um, any film, commercial, uh, fiction, experimental, long form, short form filmmaker. And filmmaker. And can you expand slightly for people on who might not know <laughs> what filmmaker is? Too brief? No. Oh, <laughs> can it be too brief? Uh, filmmaker. Well, film director is another way of saying it, although mm. um, I, I do have a, a, a broader skill set, as do most modern filmmakers. Uh, you know, often we do filming and editing and all sorts of things ourselves. But that's what it is. Filmmaker is, is somebody who creates stories that are audio, visual, moving pictures with sound. Um, of course, sometimes you do some stuff without sound, but uh, or sometimes you do a podcast like this, but we happen to have a podcast with some video attached. For the people who are just listening to this, there is also video, so you can see our lovely faces if you want. Yeah. But uh, not if you're driving. Please not if you're driving. <laughs> exactly. And I, yeah, for this podcast and, the, and the, the, the creative approach has really come from, in a lot of ways, our relationship in filmmaking. I've been... Mm -hmm honored to be a producer on a number of your projects and future projects. So, um, but moving on, I'm curious in your mind, and I'm fascinated to see what your answer is. And this is um, filmmaking, particularly features you've described to me as a marathon in the past, a lot of time investment, a lot of money investment. What yeah. impact do you make with your work? Oh, that's one of those confronting questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think any storyteller, any artist uh, cannot help but make some sort of an impact. Uh, the, the fact that you create something, you create a piece of art or a piece of commercial work and you put it out there, that creates an impact. Uh, and if you're lucky, you get to kind of shape a little bit what that impact is. Um, what that, what it is, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'd have to go to sort of examples like um, the things that make me most proud of the impact of my work is, is like, for example, our first feature film, um, The Right Juice. The premiere of that, the world premiere of The Right Juice was in Atlanta at the Atlanta Film Festival. And I was there and uh, it was amazing and it was wonderful to watch and it was wonderful to sit in the audience and watch people watch my first feature length piece of art uh, and we did the Q&A and I stood up and I was very, very proud. It was a very proud moment. I was there with Karen Radzkowski, our first AD, uh, and together we, we, we did the Q&A. Uh, and there was a lady in the middle of the cinema and she said, I, I don't have a question, but I just want to tell you um, 
how this movie touched me. We are a Portuguese family uh, expats. We moved here many years ago. Our son has grown up. He was a teenager and he was with them. Our son grew up here. He has never been to Portugal. He grew up in America. And this movie gave us the chance to show him a little bit about our home country and the music and the story and the people touched us and makes us, you know, makes me f go back. It transports me back to my home uh, for a little bit and get, and allows me to share that. And that really, really touched me. That was amazing. Um, especially as they also shared that they had no idea what movie they were coming to. They had been given, I think they worked for Turner or something, Atlanta, right? So Turner. Uh, and they'd just been given Atlanta film festival tickets, as a, as a sort of, you know, from their work. Uh, here's some tickets, take the family. And they ended up watching this show because they were like, oh, Portugal, that's weird. And they came to watch the movie. So that that's something. I, I love it when stuff that I make impacts people's lives or touches them in, in, in a way. Um, and, and I'm lucky enough to have a number of examples that I know of, of that happening. And hopefully if you're really lucky, uh, there are many, many more examples of pe people watching your stuff, but you don't know because they've watched it at home or in cinemas where you weren't there. That was uh, rambling. <laughs> I, well, I love that story. And there's so many other stories that, that, you know, mutual stories we've had around that kind of impact. You know, for me, um, collaborating with you what uh, one type of impact is that, that we're actually creating something so so the actually the act of creating for me is, is an amazing type of impact and for the team you know the film team is, is can, can be quite large and broad and spanning a lot of time i didn't hear you for a minute there oh. what did you say something 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 spanning a lot of time let's start that again maybe there's a little cut thing yeah well, for me, as I'm, I'm reflecting on my uh, collaboration on those films, uh, one of the, the, the best types of impact that I'd like to make is, is actually with the film team itself, the fact that we've actually mm. created it and actually finished it. Um, and my own measure of success is, is to actually have it in the cinema and buy that ticket. But it's mm. not so much the tickets to be able to see the reaction of the people watching this and seeing actually what they pull out of it. So it's, um, yeah, so the right juice, if people haven't found that out there, um, yeah, I hope you do, and I hope you love it and see what, what impact it has on them. Um, going a bit deeper and in, in, into the really the core question of, of the, the, the new format, which is really around business simplicity. Um, we're going to be you know, traveling the world uh, virtually, asking people who are doing amazing and impactful things, um, what is it in their work that they have discovered or use as a strategy or tactic to simplify their work. And so the question is, what is something that you can recommend or share that has allowed you to simplify your work potentially dramatically? Hmm. Another one of those questions. I, I think long to, like, like something that took a long time to learn and, and even a much longer time for me to actually implement is preparation. Um, it, because I, I was always averse to preparation because I'm, I'm, I'm quite spontaneous. I'm quite good at spontaneous problem solving in the moment. Um, so I could always rely on myself to just figure it out in the moment. Um, but I, you know, uh, the, the more I learn, the more I discover that that 
is not necessarily the most efficient or best way to get things done. And also you're often figuring out a compromise because you haven't, you don't have the means, the people or the time to actually do the best solution. You're, you always come up with the best solution for the situation. But the best solution for the situation or for the moment is not necessarily the best solution that it could have been. So preparing has allowed me to simplify, to, 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 to simplify um, like a shoot. Like we're out on a shoot. The better I prepare that shoot as far as blocking, as far as thinking about potential hazards, the better I prepare, the simpler the shoot day because then we're just doing the plan. Um, and if I don't have a spontaneous creative thought in the moment, I can just fall back on the plan. Um, so that's kind of a long-term thing that I'm still learning. I, I still sometimes find myself winging it a little bit in prep, um, but I'm trying to get better at it by just prepping everything. I have a meeting tomorrow. Prep it. Um, I, I, I'm 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 that I'm nowadays that guy that you know when you when you join the Zoom meeting, there's somebody already there. It's me because I've I've gone in five minutes before and checked my camera and checked that the sound is working and checked that the lights are on. Um, because I like that simplification. I like the fact that the meeting doesn't begin with I can't hear you. Um, um, are you there? You know, check the button for your camera. I like just getting into it. Um, and that's kind of a very small version of it, but going all the way up to you know, prepping for shoots, prepping for everything. Preparation simplifies. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? Well, the thing that comes in, in, in my mind when you say that is, is there must be a, a balance between that preparation, that improvisation. Because mm. um, I guess you can't package creativity up front. So I'm, I'm curious, how do you balance the, you know, on, on a film shoot, um, having everything nailed up front and then just executing as well as mm -hmm. keeping things flexible and fluid, or, or are you saying you're trying to get away from the improvisation aspect? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to create freedom for creativity and expression and improvisation because if you're very unprepared or if you're going into situations kind of, Oh, well, will wing it, a lot of your creativity is going into just making it happen at all. Mm. A lot of the creative juices are flowing in order to solve a problem, solve why it's not working or solve, can we do something at all? Whereas if you prepare, if you have things set up, if you're good to go, if you have a plan, then the creative juices can go to making it better making it more awesome, finding the most awesome version of mm. what you're trying to do. Um, and I think that's a much better place for your creativity to go is, so we know what we want to achieve. We know what we want to do. We want to get a portrait of this person. We want to get, we want to, get to know this character. And we're going to do that through these and these and these and these scenes. And we're going to have this character in these and these and these locations. And we have prepared. We know how to get to the location. We're not going to be running out of time in trying to find the location. All these things prepared. When we get there, and then suddenly we find out, oh, but what is the best way of lighting it? What is the most creative way of, of you know, using a camera movement or whatever? That's what, what I'm trying to do. Um, a, a, a cameraman once said to me, and, and this was a, an, a wonderful lesson in simplicity. A cameraman once said to me, his name is Simon, Simon Glasser, and he said, this is how we work together. He told me, you draw the boundaries of the field. It was a football metaphor. He said, you draw the sidelines. And I get to play football on that whole pitch. I get to play on mm. the whole pitch. 
but you've got to give me those boundaries because if you don't give me any boundaries, then everything is possible and therefore nothing is possible. And I thought that was a great way of simplifying this thing. So my prep was to make sure that those boundaries, um, I'm drawing boxes. That's really weird. It's like, think yeah. outside the box by drawing a box. Um, you know, those boundaries, the sidelines of the of the pitch, the better I had defined them, the more clear the rules of engagement, the rules of the game were, the more freedom I was giving the cameraman, Simon, to go and create and to go and put his creativity and his knowledge and his skill set into making beautiful shots or awesome camera moves or whatever it is that we're trying to achieve. Um, so that was a really, really good lesson um, in simplicity. Preparation. I, 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 I love it. I'm, I'm going to ask you in a bit, is there an example of when it's gone ter terribly wrong? But um, the, the <laughs> most of my students ever. <laughs> the, uh, the, well, I think the reason I love it is, is unexpectedly, I think you, you, you captured one of the main principles of, of my values as a leader and a manager, where um, what I primarily seek out to do is to create the space uh, for people to communicate better. And to, and, and to remove that sort of cognitive weight of confusion and I don't know who's doing what and I don't know why I'm here. You can call it a box. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes I call it a, a house. You know, we, we put, this is the direction we're going, is the roof. We have some boundaries on the side and we've got all the tools and support sh that should all work seamlessly. And the mm -hmm. whole purpose of that is to create that space for incredible people to do incredible things. Um, and I'm sure in your life as in my life, that doesn't work perfectly all the time. So I'm curious, if the, is there a moment where it's gone disastrously wrong that really underpinned this, I guess, principle for you? As in, as in somewhere where we didn't prepare and it just didn't yeah. work? Um, or, yeah. Disastrously wrong is, is difficult. Uh, a couple of examples come to mind, but not really for, for sharing because other people are involved. Um, I think I think an example would be, which was quite a, a painful example, was was um, Silence Undone, which you also uh, uh, produced on. Um, I and this wasn't this was partly my prep, but mainly the prep of one of the one of the teams, uh, one of the departments involved, um, didn't fail to prep and didn't communicate that they weren't prepped and it almost cost us the whole movie it almost made us have to say on day one of the shoot okay we're pulling the plug and we're going to see how we can come back to this and the problem with that is sometimes when you pull the plug on certainly if it's an artistic endeavor it's not, it wasn't a commercial endeavor there wasn't a huge funding behind it uh when you pull the plug on something like that there's a good chance that you'll never be able to get the momentum back up again because those projects come together we did crowdfunding and we would you know working under the blessing of a lot of people's uh volunteer time and effort if you pull the plug on that often you ain't getting that momentum back so either it'll never happen or it won't happen with the same sort of energy and vibe and that was really really tough and that really hammered home about prep and also about how if the if the actual doing of the preparation is a, is somebody else or is another unit or another team or another department there's still something you can be doing about that hmm. because if i was totally honest with myself i had feared that this was happening and i hadn't enough uh taken action to to make sure that 
the prep did get done. I had, um, I, I didn't want to hassle them. I didn't want to, you know, I, 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 I wanted to be the nice guy and, and, and it ended up me having to be really rather unpleasant um, to yeah. get shit done um, on the shoot. And it cost a huge toll on me as well. I mean, you know, I went into a very wonderful, beautiful film as the director, as the person who had to, you know, kind of steer the ship. Uh, and I went into it already completely drained and emotionally whacked and and frustrated and annoyed and full of, you know, all these very, very negative emotions. And, and that also had an impact on my functioning and how I was in the team. And it had an impact on the whole team. So it really hammered home. Oh, prep. And honesty about prep. <laughs> you know, mm. if you're not ready, share that. Mm with with whoever you're working with because it's worse if you don't yeah it's the the having being critically dependent on another group or a team um well if you're going to do something at scale or large you know and have greater impact then that's that's almost by definition a, a requirement you know, you know it's, it's mm. for the game and what i what i like to celebrate with people is i just say own it even if it's not your job if you own yeah. it uh, because you need it, um, then if everyone's owning it, it will get done. And own it, I don't mean by necessarily do it, but realize, you, you know, this is something that you need to succeed. So at right. least own going, checking in with the people that, that need to be there and you need to collaborate with. And, 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 and particularly if you have that, that spidey sense under, you know, going on, going, something wrong, something wrong. Um, oh, yeah. It's such yeah. a bad feeling when, when, you, when, when, when something, when it all goes pear-shaped. And then you have to be honest with yourself. Like I kind of knew this was going to happen and I didn't take, there were more steps I could have taken. That's a shitty feeling. That's mm. a really shitty feeling. I hate that. I mean, I, uh, yeah. Ownership. I think we should do a whole nother video series about ownership because that is such a tricky concept. Um, I, I've tried to explain to people, uh, you know, the ownership, which is partly about responsibility and partly about thing, but a lot of people, Directly go, you, you mentioned, directly interpret ownership as, oh, that means I have to do it. Um, and I don't want to do it. And therefore, um, but anyway, I, I think it's a big old topic that's going to be fun to explore one day. <laughs> Unpack that on, on another episode. but Yeah, I think we should. <laughs> but in, in, um, in closing, I just want to express thanks to you, Christian, for, you know, this is episode 140 um, going on mm -hmm. since, well, early COVID. Uh, one of the reasons this we is started. this is our third where I'm the guest, isn't it? Uh, at least um, I'm going to end least. up, you know, recycling stories because yeah. I haven't got that much to tell. <laughs> well, there's a lot of stories we haven't shared, um, yeah, and we'll make new stories again. And um, you know, everyday entrepreneurs everywhere. The previous version was was really about you know inspired by COVID, you know, celebrating people that are doing great things. Also, you know, um, hopefully bringing them business during a really tough time. Um, we've evolved because the world has evolved. Um, we've become a bit more focused. Uh, now we're the Business Simplicity Podcast, and I love that. Um, so, what, what is what is the difference? What's new? Well, for, for all the people who have watched all the 139 um, Everyday Entrepreneurs Everywhere podcasts, uh, I wonder if anybody has watched them all. But it would be great or listened to them all. I hope there are people out there that have. I know for what's, a fact there what's, are people who have. Um, Marvin, well, your dad, obviously, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
sorry. <laughs> I think he's one of the people who hasn't. But uh, certainly my brother, Stephen, who yeah. nobody's listening to this. He's, he's one of the people who uh, also comments Hi, Stephen. back. Hello, Stephen. Um, well, the Everyday Entrepreneurs Everywhere was very broad. We were bringing in people from, from every type of background. And I, and I hope to keep a bit of that, but, mm-hmm. but focus a bit more on, on business. Um, you know, With the three Zs? Business. Yeah, <laughs> the bees knees. Um, so really more commercial endeavors because we were keeping it really quite, quite broad. Um, the, the previous version, we also went down as many rabbit holes as we could. And we had some really interesting, rich conversations, which, which needed to happen at the time. However, it's a wonderful it, weirdness, some wonderful weirdness as well. And we had some, some wonderful weirdness. Um, yeah. we, we had the whole spectrum. Uh, but as you bullion, you know, my, my little effort to help companies, simplify um and the purpose of my investment in this time to help companies and that means the people in companies simplifies is really to, to help work suck less you know because if you can make things more easy clear effective productive more fun um then work sucks less and quite frankly we can we can have a happier experience with you know that 50 percent or you know 75 percent of our lifetime um, so wait a minute. So, so the mission is make work suck less. Yes, absolutely. I can get behind that. Does it's it say that on the website? No. Because well, if did you just did. spontaneously come up with the best tagline that ever? Let's make, make work, work suck, less. suck less. I love and, it. And I think if you if you take a disciplined approach to simplicity, business simplicity, and this doesn't mean it's easy. It can be quite challenging and hard and confronting because you have to mm-hmm. look at your own preconceived notions, etc. But that's an enriching experience. You know, you, you learn, I learn, we learn, we grow, we grow together. And I think, you know, growing and learning and having those experiences, that I think is really what makes work suck less. So let's do more of that. All right. So, so the podcast is now leaning into that. You know, let's talk about business simplicity. And the question, which is really, and this is also very selfishly for me, sorry. I want to know from incredible people what tactics and strategies they use to simplify their business and suck a little bit less because I can benefit from that. And that's enough. However, I think there's quite a few other people who also are quite interested in this. So, uh, so let's find let's, out. Let's, well, let's have this conversation because I think we have, you know, my goal is to have enriching conversations with incredible people who are doing interesting things. Um, that is a, a primary purpose. Um, it's cool. also a purpose to share that, you know, and, and I would love it if this grows and, and, and I'm not sure if we, I'm looking for the, the, the number of people, but if we're reaching people who are really open to discover and learn and play with this, um, then I think we're doing our job. So quantitative, not necessarily, no, qualitative, not necessarily quantitative. Yeah. Cool. Now how to measure that. We'll figure that out later, but anyhow, yeah. so let's wrap up. Um, the contact details for uh, Christian are all in the show notes. So follow the links uh, below if you're on YouTube or Spotify or whatever else you're listening to this. Uh, please share and enjoy. And something that I really want to celebrate if you're going through life and work and there's a problem of complexity or, or some sort of complication, it would be lovely if you think to yourself, if this was simple, what would it look like? And that might open up some new ideas. So Christian, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for listening. Download the Simplicity Toolkit from ebullient.com to discover the power of the Simplicity Scan and Sprint. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player.